0: Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely. But it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're gonna deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelssohn. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson and this is the One Big Tip podcast. And today I'm really pleased to be joined by Tim Sprinkle. He is the founder and chief strategist of Layup Content, where they help clients in financial services and fintech tell better stories in order to connect with customers and investors on a deeper level. So Tim, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here.
0: Tim, can you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got to lay up content and how you put together this content agency for fintech and financial services? Sure.
1: So my background is a little different than most marketing folks you're going to meet. Um, I was a journalist for 25 years, just about writing for a bunch of different magazines. I worked at Yahoo Finance. I worked at a number of, uh, kind of digital media startups uh, like Seeking Alpha, places like that. Um, so, have spent a lot of time on the kind of the writing and the research side of of things, and um, again, and, got out of that to back up really quickly. Like, I realized as a reporter covering financial services that most of the content you get from from banks and VCs and folks like that is just complete and utter garbage. It's boring. It's it's dry. It really isn't telling me anything. And I continue to get emails from brokers and things like that now that are boring and dry. And it can be done better. And my personal thing when I left, uh, kind of left that world was I want to help these folks do a better job of communicating their value and just pick a, an aspect of the financial world. And it's interesting stuff. I mean, VCs do interesting things. They, they talk to interesting people. They learn about cool new technology. I mean, there are stories to be told and you know, they're just not being told very well. And so that's what we do. And we, uh, we kind of bring the, the journalism tool set to, to bear at these, what can be kind of boring topics, and we help them, you know, just really kind of dig out what's what's interesting and what's engaging, uh, because they're talking to not necessarily expert type people. They're talking to any, just any of, anyone, and regular consumers, and they need to be able to kind of connect, and that's what a, a good story can do.
0: You know, I think it's interesting. You uh, you hit on something here is that you need to know who your customer is or who the consumer of your content is. So if you're writing, for example, for the Seeking Alpha people, then you would be writing to a, high, uh, let's just say, a higher level of, of angel investors and venture capitalists and, and things like that. But is it then really plausible to... to not so much dumb it down. That's probably not the right way to say it, but to at least tone down the rhetoric a little bit in order to make sure that uh, that it is understood by both populations, you know, the VC crowd and the average investor that's using their their TD Ameritrade account.
1: Oh, for sure. And it really comes down to, you take the jargon out and present it in a way that anyone can understand. When you're a journalist, you're writing for a, essentially an eighth grade reading level. You want everyone to be able to understand what you're saying, but at the same time, you want to make sure that they also get all the details. And that's a it's a bit of a fine line to walk sometimes where you're sharing all the deep information without overwhelming it. But that's, you know, that's all kind of part of the game.
0: Okay, fair enough. What I'd like to touch on here are some of the tools that you use. You know, you mentioned it a little bit that when you are writing, you're writing it for a level that everyone can understand. Right, and what I think is interesting, especially in the you know in the financial services and fintech uh, fintech space, I used to work for a number of years in that. I've I've worked in credit card payment processing in a couple of different uh, companies that worked with uh, that worked with these types of questions, like how do we get the story out, how do we get people to use our to use our software to the exclusion of others, things like that. One of the tools that you talk about is outlining, right? And I felt that that was really novel to talk about that because. When you are telling a story, you really do have to put together an outline of what it is that you're going to talk about, right? So let's just talk about like a hero's journey, right? A hero's journey for the the fintech itself or your own personal hero's journey, right? That's an outline. You need to break up, you know, you have your major subject headings and then below that you have two to three bullet points that you need to touch on and then maybe between those you have more bullet points as well. Let's talk about outlining. Because that's, you know, it's an intensely interesting topic. We have a lot of great tools out there for it. How do you approach outlining and use it towards creating better content for your clients?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of really cool new tools for this. And I am proud to say I don't use any of them. I essentially sit down with a pen and paper a fair amount of time or just a Word document and do it like the dorkiest, old schoolest way I could possibly can. And and really, like, when I'm telling a story, like you, you, you're right, you outline it kind of what you're what you're going to say, how you're going to get there—you need to kind of be able to visualize that. I'm kind of a pretty visual person, and I need to be able to kind of see where I'm going. But yeah, like I have kind of learned over the last, you know, few years of the way that I can use kind of that approach, where it's just kind of shaping a, a structure for something for a lot of different stuff. I mean, I use it for HR purposes. I use it for, like you said, the hero's journey. I use it for all kinds of different things, and it's really been one of those tools. It's like it, it's you learn in second grade probably, and it's very universal. And it's also very easy, but it can be pretty powerful.
0: All right. So let, let's not revisit the second grade here, right? You know, which is, you know, ABC and D, and then under that, you know, one, two, three, four, and 5. What are your tips, though, for outlining? Is there like a special way that you do it? I mean, you already said that you that you go low tech on it, right? So you write things out. And actually, I used to do that for the most part. I used to have a notebook right next to me and would just write things out. You know, like when I was getting my MBA, my, everything I did was outlined. That's just the way I did all my notes. And then even after class, like, you know, other students would be requesting my notes because, you know, they were the easiest to understand, right? How do you approach when you're trying to draw up a new piece of content for a client and start that outline?
1: To go a step further on kind of how I think about this, I, I, I do it on a formatted structure. And I have a number of different structures that I use that are kind of the same thing. But it's every outline is three, has to be three sections, you know, intro, middle, conclusion and within that format i can do a lot of different things so i you know i can tell certain kinds of blog posts i can do white papers around that it, it, it has to without the three that i've kind of learned that either it gets too chunky it's just too much there uh, and there's not any room to spread out or it doesn't tell you enough uh, and uh, that for me is is kind of the big when it gets more universal it's when i i'm following a, a set i'm not just outlining like a, a crazy person just do, doing whatever i want like because I, I know what i'm shooting for and I have on my computer right here, I've got probably 15 or 20, you know, essentially story structures that I use. And they're all built around this, you know, three chunk uh, model. But it's, I, I can use it for any type of blog post, any type of uh, like podcast. It really is the kind of thing that as long as you follow that structure, you're okay. And if you get too far outside of that,
0: you're in trouble. It's interesting that you bring that part up because I've been reading this book by Jim Edwards called Copywriting Secrets. And the way he alludes to it is if you're trying to pitch a tent, right, you know, the, your, the, the copy that you're producing is a tent and you need tent poles in order to hold it in place. Uh, if you have too few tent poles, the you know, the tarp's just going to go fly away and you're not going to have anything down. If you have too many, then you're probably going to rip the thing. It's going to be too rigid. So you need to have the right amount of uh, the right amount of support there as well. How do you approach then making the, uh, you know, like coming up with these, uh, with these initial story structures? Is this just something you've developed on your own over, the, over your years as a journalist? Or is this something that, that came out as you started getting more into content marketing and content management?
1: It's a little bit of both, actually. When I was a, a journalist, I, I kind of eventually realized that I was writing kind of the same story over and over and over and over again, um, just because that's kind of how I approached what I was doing and I I didn't, I never wrote this down or had any sort of like real official thing, but um, you know, for, for a longer story, I had a a structure in mind. I had a, I I knew where I wanted to go. Um, You have an introduction type of thing that kind of pulls people in. You've got an explainer section that gives them some background. You talk to somebody else who gives them some more, you know, it's the same thing every time. Um, And on the content side, it's actually really easy to templatize that. Um, I've got like, for example, news jack posts where I, you know, we take a, something that's in the news today, uh, put a little commentary around it. I've got a structure for that. That's kind of the same idea where it's, you know, intro news chunk commentary, you know, someone else's take end of blog post. And and by do I was able to, I kind of did that so that I could kind of keep my thoughts straight, but also so I got to have other writers help me and kind of do the same thing. And that for, for a long time, it was kind of like kind of shooting in the dark. But by giving them that same structure, it's it's pretty easy for honestly anyone who can speak English to, to walk in and say, "Hey, I can you know I can fill out this template and do the same thing that the team would do." Um, and it would feel as, about as natural as it does come from me.
0: You actually hit on something very cool here right? Is that now it's not just you who's writing the content. You're able to take the, you know, the Tim style of writing or the layup content style of writing and be able to propagate that out across different authors, right? So you're essentially scaling the work and the structure and the quality of the type of content that you're producing, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I've I've been, for the the last few years, been really frustrated trying to find, it's hard to find good writers. All the like services that you find online, it's just, you know, no offense. It's often pretty garbage. I've got some folks who I work with who are just killer and they're amazing, uh, but t- it, they're hard to find. And I, I really got frustrated kind of doing this, pushing that rock up the hill. And this was kind of my really fairly low tech solution to see if like, you know, if we can kind of find a way to, to help anybody into this box. And it's it's pretty effective.
0: It works pretty well. That's interesting because I hire writers as well for my digital marketing agency. And you'd be surprised how many U.S. born and educated, you know, writers, right? I'm not even talking about anybody. I'm talking about writers, people who put themselves out there that I love to write. And then they get some of the most basic stuff wrong. And, you know, as I'm trying to manage this and QA it and before I push it out to my clients, I I almost feel like an eighth grade school teacher, like, you know, checking this stuff. You know, I, I get mistakes happen, right? But at some point you have to be like, no, like I'm not literally I'm paying you for this job right? And you have to be able to do that. So, all right. Very cool. Tim, can you please let everyone know how they can find you at Layup Content and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more?
1: Yeah, very easy. Uh, Our website is layupcontent.com and I am reachable at at Tim at layupcontent.com. But yeah, it's, it's pretty
0: straightforward. Very cool. Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us about this. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you.